Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Today we are at Walmart. We are toy hunting at Walmart to find the top toys chosen by Kids List for this holiday season. Kids like me, let's go! So there's some production value there. Welcome to the Armstrong and Getty Show. It's a six-year-old who reviews toys who had eight billion views. Yeah, made eleven million dollars. Yeah, that's something. I think there's a first-in element to a lot of these things. Kind of like, uh, you know, Siskel and Ebert reviewing movies back in the day. They weren't particularly the greatest in the world, but they're the first ones I became aware of, so I paid attention to them. I would, I would believe that more, um, except that, I mean, for instance, in video games, I was going to get into some of the more, some more of the people in the top ten YouTube uh, entrepreneurs. There are multiple people, and they change. Uh, the hot ones come up. Now, hmm. among children, I don't know. But, you know, you're familiar with the term viral. Somebody can go from nobody to huge in this field. Right. So, yes and no. I mean, it, he certainly probably helped by the fact that he was the first big one of these. Um, but uh, little Jimmy, who's well, uh, got more tussled hair and a cuter smile, could eclipse him any day. I'll tell you this. Nobody knows. 
everybody's guessing. It is a brand new world in terms of doing this sort of stuff. Back in the day, a handful of people controlled what movie or TV show was going to make it onto TV. You were competing against two others or three others for the weekend or whatever. Now it's just it's completely wide open. Anybody can take a shot at it. Uh, that is absolutely true. All of that is true. The only thing I need to quibble that quibble with is n- the nobody knows assertion. Twenty year olds know. They know with authority. They can explain it to you. In fact, this article in Forbes is all about the one of the main features is this. Uh, th- he sounds like a prick to me, but it doesn't matter. Um, it's this guy, uh, Jake Paul along with his older brother, Logan, they're the number seven and number four YouTube personalities with a total of 23 million bucks between them last year. 23 million bucks. They do, like, pranks and stuff like that. And, uh, and, and their neighbors are angry at them, and the New York Times wrote an article and called them villains, blah, blah, blah. But um, this Jake... Uh, he runs a management agency for YouTube stars, taking a cut of their deals, sells millions of dollars of merchandise each month. Um, Jake, describing Dr. Dre, says he built a network around him where he had this platform, an audience, and a skill set. And he would bring in people with potential, teach them that skill set, and put them in front of this audience. He looks to emulate him with his agency, Team 10 and Clothing Line. Uh, they mentioned Dr. Dre, made $35 million last year, blah, 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 but don't count him out. He understands the platform, how to capture it, how to sell it. And it's, it, you know, it's, it's uh, entertainment executives and uh, perhaps, according to some, broadcast company executives who have no idea how this stuff works mm. and consider it unknowable. But there is a 20-year-old two blocks away who could tell them exactly how it works. So I want to be a part of that world. Impossible. I'm going to review... Mmm. Mmm. Boutique coffees. (laughs) This one is nutty with a hint of coffee. No, you can't say coffee if it's coffee. That wouldn't be any good. No, it's interesting, though. There are... Well, like I said, the top ten people on YouTube made a hundred and... What was it? A hundred and thirty million bucks? Something like that? Yeah, about a hundred and thirty million dollars last year. And what is most of it? Uh, video, I mean, did one toy review, one is music. Video games um, are several of the top ten. And that's part people playing them or reviewing them? All. All of the above. Yeah, playing them, reviewing them, giving you tips on how to do better in them, et cetera, et cetera. Sean, you've probably watched some of these. Absolutely. Briefly. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, Evan Fong, Mark Fishback, each tallied over two billion views. Uh, the number one guy, as I said, is a uh, a video game guy. Uh, the number two guy, Evan Fong, made $15.5 million with billions of views. Um, here's, here's one controversy. I'd actually heard of this guy. One gamer who hasn't been treated as kindly last year is PewDiePie. Number six at a mere $12 million. That's a 20% dip from his previous year. After the Swede came under fire for multiple videos, including racist language and anti-Semitic imagery. Google yanked him from its preferred program, a lucrative advertising uh, network for certain YouTube channels that gives members more favorable ad rates. Other marketers blacklisted him. Disney dropped him from its now defunct, whatever, steep decline in ad revenue, et cetera, et cetera, and he probably had to sell his car. He only made $12 million. 
Wow. So that's and are all the new these world. are all these things that the cost of putting them on is practically nothing? Um, I don't know if I'd say that, but well, I mean by in comparison with any other broadcast or or movie platform, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, if you wanted to stream video games and do it at a professional level, you probably need somewhere north of a thousand dollar computer, thousand bucks. Yeah, less than two thousand dollars in in a computer yeah. equipment. That you is nothing. Maybe fifty dollars worth of green screen equipment. A lot of the programs you can use are open source, free on the internet. So once you get the the actual equipment and the internet connection, the only investment is your time in creating the content. You are the one who has to then edit it. Um, you can't just put up a raw feed of a two-hour thing on YouTube and expect it to go viral. Right, right. There are tricks that these guys use in order for their videos to get traction. All right, this might uh, you might find this informative. The number ten YouTube star last year, June to June, doesn't matter. Comedian Lily Singh made ten and a half million dollars translating her inspirational uh, video diaries, uh, blah blah blah, into big money or something. Um. On uh, into a six-figure advance on the New York Times bestseller "How to Be a Boss," B A W S E. The hell? So that's never heard of her. I'd be a boss. Probably just a fun way to spell boss. Ah, uh, uh, number eight. Ryan reviews toys. We mentioned he's a six-year-old. Uh, he and his people made a million dollars. He's tied with the Smosh guys. They're very funny. Uh, is that interesting? Uh, no. Uh, number seven, Jake Paul. He's a video blogger. He's the the prankster dude who we were talking about with his brother. Number six, Felix uh, Gilberg. That's PewDiePie. He's a video game guy. He made $12 million. Logan Paul, back to the prankster boys. Between them, 23 mil. Number four, Mark Fishback, known as Markiplier, Markiplier Gamer. Another gamer dude. Number three, Dude Perfect. Five guys, five friends in their group mascot, a guy in a panda costume, performs stunts and stupid tricks, such as wrestling, while encased in bubble wrap. $14 million. And why does that become huge over, you know, a guy in a bear outfit? Because people doing... like it. People don't like bears, Jack. They like pandas. Bears, yeah, see, I, are, bears are so 2015. I, 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 just my life experience, I resist the notion that people have it figured out, that it's not just, you know, things rising to the top on kind of magic. Because, I mean, well, in, in that sense, you're right. I mean, it's like trying to predict what band is going to be big. Right, because I'm in, I'm in an industry that has been around forever. And people claim to know how to put together a radio show, for instance, they'll be successful. They and, no, and nobody does. Right. And it's been around forever, and people have been studying it forever. Right. And they still don't know, because it's unknowable. Right. Okay, yeah, the, the mechanics are known, but what ingredients to throw in the right. uh, the pipeline is, is still mysterious. Yeah. Uh, well, and I, I like the, that's why I like this. Because in radio and TV and movies, it's always been those handful of people that think they know right. when they don't, because they don't. It, because it's unknowable mm-hmm. what's going to catch on and what people are going to love. Right now, you've got everybody's got the opportunity to take their shot at is my thing going to catch on and people are going to love it. For some reason, yeah. they just like the look of me a little bit better than the look of all those other people. And now I'm a gazillionaire, which has removed any impetus for anyone to live a quiet but fulfilling life and find true <laughs> happiness. And now instead chase stardom yeah. until their premature death from uh, uh, crystal. Got to admit, from the meth. Got to admit, if I'm 19 years old 
and I'm staring, working really hard in the in the face, which is what everybody has to do their entire lives. Or if I just thought of something and it catches on, right? In a, in a week, I'll be a gazillionaire. It's going to cost me nothing. Wait, me and a buddy will run out in traffic and get hit by cars, <laughs> and then we'll have somebody videotape it. Yes. I'll, th- I'll put spaghetti on my head and review albums. I'll, I'll, be, I'll the, be the spaghetti guy. Yeah. Spaghetti Jim. And by the way, that could catch on and make you millions. Try it. If you had the right jokes or bad. I did. That one didn't work. <laughs> You're going to lay it. I need a lot of spaghetti. Maybe a different Just pasta. A lot of <laughs> Maybe angel hair. Uh, number two is another video guy, $15.5 million, $15 million, and then, then uh, Dan TDM, video guy, sixteen. Video, video game. game guy, $16.5 million. But how much more democratic could the process be He's than a this? British Minecraft master. It's the, it's the complete opposite of the way it used to be. You had to be, you know, one of the couple record companies had to decide they were going to make you a star, or right. you just couldn't be a music star. It just wasn't going to happen. And sure. as you kind of saw with the, the PewDiePie example, too, a lot of their revenue comes from direct contact with their viewership right there they subscribe to the youtube channel they they subscribe to their twitch channel which is like five dollars a month or whatever. like they 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 are not subject to the same sort of advertising pullouts that he did like yes he made less pewdiepie made less money but he made still 12 something million dollars even right. with these advertisers all, pulling out. all the peeps didn't care they still subscribed to his deal right. and wanted to see his, his interesting stuff. plus they get a lot of like endorsement that. money too i like that a lot yeah, that it that it runs against the, the the scared corporations. Yes, hello. Pulling shows because two people complained. Hello. Yeah, that's a big deal. That's important. Um, it's it's a combination of the best time ever to be a creative person and the worst time ever to be a creative person. Because <laughs> for a lot of it, it's flattened out so much. You can be a really great band, and it's hard to make money. On the other hand, you can get discovered a lot more easily. You know, it's a great uh, YouTube video. That's a Star Wars kid. You ever seen that? (laughs) That's good stuff. Somebody just sent that to me. But like a a, a hundred hours of YouTube videos are posted a minute. I think that's the sad I heard last week. That's plenty. That's a lot. It's going to take a while to catch up. (laughs) Hello, YouTube. Let me do my math. Um, Let's see. Carry the zero. (laughs) That's a lot. So uh, the New York Times claims they gave us a glimpse into Donald Trump's daily life. And there were some headlines that over the weekend, and Trump has reacted to it this morning. Plus, more troubling news from Hollywood. Kevin Spacey groped the Norwegian king's son-in-law. Stay with us for live team coverage. (laughs) On the Armstrong and Getty Show. couldn't vote for Roy Moore. I didn't vote for Roy Moore, but I wrote in a distinguished Republican name. I thought that was a pretty big deal. The senior U.S. senator from Alabama, very conservative uh, Senator Selby Shelby, um, said he's not voting for Roy Moore. He wrote in somebody else. That is interesting. I'd say. I mean, because he is a Republican elected and up for re-election at some point in Alabama saying, saying, I'm not voting for the guy. I could not vote for him. Right. That's strong. I'd say when something like 70% of Republican voters in Alabama say they don't believe the allegations. Oh, I got to have you get the clip of a vice did this. Um, 
pollster there, focus group, a bunch of people in the room. How many people think all of the allegations are false? Practically everybody raised their hand. Interesting. In Alabama, yeah. Interesting. You know, I, I read just a little bit about the history of Alabama politics, which can be pretty hairy. I mean, it's, it's you know, there's stuff happens out in the backwoods you don't want to hear about, and it's a little the same politically, you know, with various character assassinations and bribes and voter fraud and the rest of it and racism, certainly, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, and I can't decide if the voters of Alabama who are rejecting all this are just simpletons or blind partisans or believe, you know, the swamp monster is attacking their guy and making stuff up or well, or that, if they're just thinking, oh, it's a character assassination like we do around here. That focus group certainly would lead me to believe they think it's made up. I'm, yeah. I'm fine with somebody who says, no, I believe it. It's abhorrent. I hate the guy. I'd punch him if I saw him, but I'm going to vote for him because we need this many votes to, you know, battle whatever. Taxes, abortion, whatever a cause matters to you. Right, which actually affect Americans' lives. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's been my stance all along. I find the guy repugnant, but I can't condemn somebody who will vote for the party and hope he gets booted out by Mitch McConnell and company. Or has no power. uh, Well, right. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, And he will probably vote in the direction that you want uh, on the floor of the Senate. You know, uh, to me, the election, the election's mildly interesting. But what happens afterward, it's going to be a battle royale. It's going to be wild with him and Franken and figure out who does what. Do they actually try to force him out? What does that look like? What does he say? What does the president say? And then how does old uh, cartoon turtle Mitch McConnell react to what the president says, which will be in stark and probably sarcastic contrast to what Mitch McConnell say? I hadn't intended to talk about this, but once again, I got sucked in. I can't stop myself. On both sides, it's interesting with the, the ethics investigation. Franken didn't get one. So he's out without an investigation, no due process whatsoever. He's out if he's out, I wonder. Which I am troubled by. Yes. No process. Right. Just howling mob. On the other side, what would the ethics committee investigate? All this stuff is out there. The voters took a look at it and said, we want him to be our senator. How do you say no to them? It's not like this is new stuff. Right. You all got to look at it. He's a 14-year-old groper. Um, Allegedly. And you said, okay. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's interesting. I don't think you can make a logical case for removing Al Franken, other than the mob is howling for it, and it would be better for us politically. Which, you know, a sophisticated voter, you know, we're talking about Roy Moore voting the right way, blah, 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 even though he's repugnant, allegedly. Um, you might say re-Franken. So we'll get another uh, a progressive from Minnesota. The place is lousy with them, and we'll get the the high ground yeah. for a while. So fine, get it's, out, it's Al. A, it's a team win, no doubt about it. Right. So I can I can see that. But in terms of right and wrong, you know the the howling mob. So often, well, often this isn't true, but sometimes it is. It's enough to try it. It's like a whining child or a dog begging at your dinner table. If you don't give it what it wants, it'll calm down. If you keep feeding it. You know, or giving in to the whining child, you're going to get more of it. Sometimes, you're right. Sometimes that's true. Sometimes you end up at the guillotine with your head chopped off. True enough, but your principles, unlike your neck, are intact. <laughs> so uh, Trump responded to an article. I can't hit you with the response until I hit you with the article. The New York Times over the weekend, with all their heavy hitters, Maggie Haberman, Glenn Thrush, and Peter Baker. Glenn Thrush worked on this before he was booted out for kissing a co-worker at an after-work party. 
Um, Consensually, yeah. and she was his supervisor. But anyway, he doesn't get what to work hell? at the New York Times anymore because of that. Um, they did this article about the average day in the life of Donald Trump. Um, th- they say, you know, this is their interpretation. Doesn't mean it's necessarily true, in my opinion. Wake up, spend three hours crafting that hair. What is the strategy behind Mr. Trump's actions? There is seldom a plan apart from preemption, self-defense, obsession, and impulse, they reported in their in their article. Trump spends at least four hours a day and sometimes as much as twice that. That'd be eight hours a day. In front of a television, sometimes the volume muted. I've never understood that. People who watch TV with the volume muted. I've known a lot of people who did that. I don't know how you take in info that way. but eh, You glance, see if there's anything of interest. He usually flicks on Fox and Friends and then checks out Morning Joe on MSNBC, which is usually, usually critical, but that fires him up for the day. Watching cable, he shares his thoughts with anyone in the room, even household staff he summons via a button for lunch <laughs> or what, for one of the dozen Diet Cokes he consumes each day. So wow. The, so the lady coming in to clean up his cocaine. Yeah, you see that? See what they're saying up there? But fake news. Bunch of liars. Uh, sure, yes, Mr. Sir, President. Mr. President. <laughs> I agree, I think. I'm supposed to clean up these dishes, may I? Uh, before taking office, Mr. Trump told top aides to think of each presidential day as an episode in a television show in which he vanquishes rivals. <laughs> Wow. And that's according to the New York Times. Trump has tweeted out today. Um, He's batting down this report from the New York Times. Another false story, this time in the failing at New York Times, that I watch 48 hours of television a day. Wrong! Also, I seldom, if ever, watch CNN or MSNBC, both of which I consider fake news. They both got caught on a fake news story last week we have to talk about later. That's right, as did the WAPO reporter. I never watched Don Lemon, who I once called the dumbest man on television. Bad reporting! (laughs) He's not denying, apparently, though, that he drinks 12 uh, uh, Diet Cokes a day. I'm not sure he needs to. He gets to drink as many as he wants. This (laughs) is America, Jack. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I I don't care if he does, actually. If he drinks twice that or half that, I'm not sure it makes any difference to me. Uh, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? And we got the latest on this morning's attempted terror attack in New York. California Governor Jerry Brown challenging Trump on climate change and more proof. Amazon is out to rule the world. Coming up minutes from now. Oh, very nice. So you're ignoring the fact that Kevin Spacey groped the Norwegian king's son-in-law. Typical liberal media. I have no idea if that's a real story or not. <laughs> Ask the Norwegian king's son-in-law if it's real or not. <laughs> Norway has very specific laws about groping the son-in-law of the king. He's still dealing with the shame of it all. Right. So Marshall's news on the way, and we'll get into all that, including that thing Joe was talking about. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. about to say during the commercial break i'll say it on the air i hate the effing media wow and, and i don't know if they're liars or or uninformed i, re- I don't know In which my it is case, a little of both <laughs> <laughs> but i'll tell you one of the things that they really beat up roy moore over on the weekend some of his just crazy out there positions that couldn't be more mainstream. Wow. According to polls. Wow. Hung around his neck is this is the kind of guy they're willing to support. Perfectly mainstream position. Huh. It drives me crazy, but we'll do that later. Right now, the news with Marshall Phillips. Uh, New York officials calling an attempted bomb blast at New York City's Port Authority bus terminal an attempted terrorist attack. New York Post photo shows a bearded man crumpled on the ground, shirt apparently blown off. 
and a police officer holding the guy's hands behind his back. New York authorities say the device was strapped to the suspect's body with Velcro, uh, Velcro rather, and zip ties. It went off prematurely. Now we're going to have full details from ABC's Aaron Katursky in New York coming up a couple minutes from now. Yeah, and he'll have the absolute latest because he's at a press conference. Yep. But the president hasn't tweeted about this yet, which is surprising to me. Hmm. All we're getting is he's been informed. Because I mean, it's his town, and he usually you know jumps on this sort of thing as. Uh, a way to back uh, various, you know, moves. Whether extreme, it's, extreme vetting. Whether it's travel bans right. or, you know, whatever. Largest, most destructive wildfire burning in Southern California right now is the Thomas Fire, North L.A. It's covered more than 270 square miles, prompted tens of thousands of evacuations, and destroyed about 800 buildings. On 60 Minutes last night, California Governor Jerry Brown says because of climate change, the state's fire season now runs year-round, and he went after President Trump for not taking climate change seriously. I don't think President Trump has a fear of the Lord, the fear of the wrath of God, which leads one to more humility. And this is such a reckless disregard for the truth and for the existential consequences that can be unleashed. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting thing to say, and if... Uh, if a Roy Moore said that sort of thing, yeah. people would be screaming and yelling about him being a Christian nut, wouldn't they? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and there's plenty to quibble with uh, in Jerry's interview, and we'll see if we can get to some of it. But him talking about um, how we we raised taxes, and we cut the budget, and our economy boomed. And and I'm thinking, yeah, that uh, one sector of the economy has gone ape-dung. That would be tech. There are narrow bands in California that are just have explosive growth, and it costs you $5 million to rent a 1,200, uh, to buy a 1,200-square-foot house, and the rest of it. But, you know, the rest of the state is languishing. You, you rank 49th in business friendliness, 50th in, in the decency and sanity of the courts and, and which, the rest of it. Which, if 60 Minutes was really going to do a good job on that interview, they'd have to throw at him, you rank 49th, 50th in these various categories right? for business right. climate and, and all that sort of thing. How do you respond? You know, if Google and Apple and Facebook were to, uh, to pick up stakes and move to Las Vegas, your economic boom story would be uh, very, very different. Jerry. Also, how does it not strike you when you're watching a guy who's dedicated his life to public service driving his gator up that mountain to take a look at his property and his mansion that he's building? Guy's done pretty well in public service. Yeah. Unless that's all his old lady's money. Well, he did take 30 years off, didn't he? Well, he was governor of Oakland for a while. That went well. Gearing up for another round, we got a group. I'm sorry, of- mayor. They don't have a governor in Oakland. Why would they? Yes, back to you, Marshall. Gearing up for another round, a group of women accusing President Trump of sexual misconduct holding a news conference right about now in New York City. The women are among 16 who claim they were sexually harassed or even assaulted by Trump before he was elected president. Claims he and the White House have repeatedly denied. The women are demanding a congressional investigation into their allegations, and they're supposedly going to be telling their stories this morning on Megyn Kelly today. Wow. So you get the Trump accusers on Megyn Kelly, who hates Trump, we remember from the first debate, but a suicide bomber from ISIS. Uh, detonates himself the same morning in New York, so that's going to get no traction, at least in that area of the country. Yeah, it's funny. I was just reading in the Washington Post that uh, Megyn Kelly's dismal ratings are rising because she's working the sexual harassment beat heavy. 
That's what her show has been now. It's, oh, her, it's, it's her hook. It's a big story. Yeah. Saving money on Amazon could one day involve watching video ads. The giant retailer has been awarded a patent for content-based price reductions. The price reduction tool would allow shoppers to watch the displayed price of an item go down as they watch a video ad on a page for that item. So basically, you would be getting paid for your time to watch the ad. Interesting. Now, who's doing this? Amazon. This is Amazon. Now, this Never is, heard of it. This is ultimately a big thing. You remember Sean Parker talking about the these web applications. They are designed to get you to stay within them. Facebook, very notorious for this as well. It punishes things that click away from Facebook. It rewards things that <laughs> click you me. into <laughs> right. Facebook and keeps you on their platform. Right. So Amazon got tired of people going to YouTube to look at product reviews. And then come back to their sites. Which I've done. So now they're trying to figure out a way to get people to stay yeah. on the Amazon website to watch reviews. Interesting. How right. on. Uh, let's check in with Aaron Katursky, ABC News correspondent, uh, the would-be suicide bombing apparently in New York. Aaron, welcome. What do we know? We know that a pipe bomb detonated in a below-ground passageway here at the Port Authority bus terminal in the middle of the morning rush. Miraculously, there were no real bystanders around except for a couple who reported ringing in the ears and headaches. The bomber, a 27-year-old Bangladeshi native named Akayed Ula, made statements indicating support for ISIS. He was severely burned in the abdomen and arm and taken to the hospital, but he is alive, at least for the moment. Uh, and the federal authorities are now going through two locations in Brooklyn tied to the suspect, uh, and they are investigating this as a, as a terror attack. U.S. citizen or not? I don't know. Don't know. Originally from Bangladesh, been living here for uh, the last seven years, uh, apparently has a brother uh, at a school in Brooklyn, so you can believe that authorities are running down family members and trying to get a, a better sense of who this guy was. And I'm guessing it's far too early to uh, ask whether he was actually connected to ISIS or self-inspired, that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I, I don't have any of that yet, but right. he did make statements right. to police indicating support for ISIS. Aaron Katursky of ABC News. Aaron, hey, thanks very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Obviously, his bomb didn't go off when he wanted it to go off. You don't set off, You don't blow yourself up, martyr yourself when nobody's around right. in a busy uh, terminal. Well, and it seems like his bomb didn't go off the way it was supposed to go right. off either, unless he in turn, you know, intended all along to burn his own belly. <laughs> some sort of show of something. You I know, I maybe I'm just in the right mood for it today because I often hate these people. But today, I just feel sorry for those idiots. You're just you're just a lost young person getting caught up in something just moronic. Yeah, you don't. Yeah, it's just dumb. Yeah. yeah, it's like getting a face tattoo and then regretting it. You're just an idiot. You've made a terrible yeah. decision, yeah. which sucks for you know That's anybody who's up. hurt by these idiots because these idiots often kill people. Right. But it's just it's just idiocy. Right. It's not any sort of grand plan or strategy. You're just a freaking lost moron who can't fit into the world somehow, and this is your I'm going to be somebody. Or you're looking, yeah, exactly. You're looking for a purpose, and you make a really stupid decision in finding one. That's a shame. It's a shame. Uh, that's serious stuff. I got even more serious stuff, but... The uh, the groping of the Norwegian king's son-in-law. We can we can buy, work by Kevin Spacey. We can work that in. All right, I'm up to like that's a 55 percent chance that's a real story. I think <laughs> I can't tell. I don't know. One of Roy Moore's political stances that's hung around his neck is completely mainstream, and I just want to point that out. 
Excellent. Because I don't think most people know it. The media never tells you this. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. is back in the news, an issue that roils America. I'll tell you what, anytime I can combine really intriguing constitutional questions with live young women in swimwear, no. you have my attention. No, seriously, it is a really intriguing question, constitutionally. So stay with us. And there's been a uh, major development. The king of Norway's former son-in-law has accused Kevin Spacey of groping him after a Nobel Prize peace concert. One Ari Ben said it was in 07. The actor had hosted the event. I'm a generous person, but this was a bit more than I had in mind. He was married to King Harold's daughter, Martha Louise, and as you know, Jack, until last year. I'm sorry those two kids couldn't work it out. Um, We had a great talk. He sat right beside me, writes the... Uh, Semi-quasi-Norwegian royal. (laughs) Uh, After five minutes, he said, hey, let's go out and have a cigarette. Then he puts his hand under the table and grabs me by the balls. Wow. (laughs) They're a a frank-speaking people, the Norwegians. He doesn't tap dance around. Ben said he put Spacey off by telling him, maybe later. Um... He added, my hair was dark at the time. I was 10 years younger and right up his alley. Interesting. You'd um, think being the son-in-law of the king of Norway, you'd get more respect. How often does that work, though, in the, in the, uh, in the, in the gay community? How, how often does it get you punched in the mouth? Of course, I don't if you're a major international movie star, maybe not so much. I remember when I watched the movie Milk that um, Sean... Penn won an Oscar for mm-hmm. playing Harvey Milk. I was I was pretty surprised by the how quickly those relationships come together. Mm-hmm. It was, and they portrayed that pretty well in the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting. So you wanna? Yeah. It was just a glance in the Muni station. Mm-hmm. That's all it took. So maybe Kevin Spacey's pretty successful with that. I don't know. You shouldn't do it. No, certainly not. Not to royalty. <laughs> so there's that. <laughs> um, this is heavy, but I think worth poke, pointing out, not poking out. Oh, don't do that, especially not these days. So one of the extreme positions that Roy Moore has running for the Senate in Alabama, which I think he's going to win tomorrow, and he ain't my cup of tea. Oh, boy. In terms of his personal life. Um, I wouldn't want to work with that guy. I think he's a creepo. I'm not sure I could work with that. I'm not sure I could sit in a meeting with him and listen to him drone on and pay attention. Thinking, oh, wow, you you uh, looking for 14-year-olds, banned from the mall, all that stuff. But he's often described as an extreme conservative. Uh-huh. And the example of ex- extreme conservativeness uh, that was used in all the talk shows over the weekend uh, of how if he gets into the Senate, this is his position, is he wants to ban all abortions after 20 weeks. And it came up over and over on the shows as I was watching over the weekend. And uh, I, I, Chuck Todd and Meet the Press saying to one senator, for instance, you don't 
you don't uh, approve of a ban on all abortions after 20 weeks. And the senator, whoever was, said, oh, no, of course not. You know, saying it like, you know, you're not a crazy person. You don't believe in flying saucers. Right. I happen to know the stats on this. So I looked them up just so I could bring them to you. That is overwhelmingly popular in America, banning all abortions after 20 weeks. Two-thirds of all Americans are for that. Mm. Um, it's not even controversial. As The Hill pointed out last year, it's, it's, it's one of those subjects that anybody should be able to run on, but everybody is afraid to, including Republicans. Uh, so two-thirds in general. This is according to a Huffington Post poll a YouGov poll, a Gallup poll, National Journal poll, ABC Washington Post poll. Everybody came up with roughly the same numbers. So this isn't just a, an out-there poll. Women voters in particularly support a 20-week ban. 71% of all women want to ban abortions after 20 weeks. Wow. According to the Washington Post and ABC. It's popular among young people where 57 to 38 they support a ban. Hispanic voters, 59 to 20. That'd be a lot of Democrats. Even among Democrats... It's 50-50. Wow. It's not a controversial thing to be involved with at all. It's one of your least controversial questions. Exactly. They quote a couple of Republicans uh, in this article in The Hill when somebody was trying to put forward a bill, anonymous Republican senator saying, I'm just afraid if we go with that, you know, we'll really get shellacked in the next election. Do they not? Does, Does nobody point out to them, look, this is popular. Most of the people who vote for you... I mean, if it's 50-50 among Democrats, I don't know what it is among Republicans. It's got to be like 80-20. Something like that, sure. To come up with two-thirds for all Americans. How is it even possible? How has it not been introduced this year when you've got a Republican House, a Republican Senate, and and a Republican president? You could could run all day long on that. You're fine. I'm assuming, well, if I were to introduce the legislation myself, I would... Make an exception for the saving the life of the mother, perhaps something like that. Of course, um, and you know what the the rape thing we could even toss that one in. It's it's quite rare. Um, I can't go with that, but maybe you want to toss it in there. Uh, well, r- the right. whole point of this is the, you're 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 a, uh, you're a human at that point that can feel pain, so you're murdering a human. That's exactly. why people are you're executing it. the child, et cetera, yeah. to save the mother, carrying it and delivering it, et cetera, et cetera. And you know there are deep uh, philosophical philosophical feelings on that, and that's not our point at all to litigate the matter. the The question is the way it's presented. You know, which seventy one percent of all women. Are in favor of that. That's yeah. incredible. Yeah. You don't get that through the media. You certainly didn't get it through the talk shows yesterday. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's. Uh, I was funny. It was funny. I was reminded over the weekend. Uh, I was going to talk about this anyway. Um, it's. I've heard this a thousand times, so I don't talk about it much on the air. But I realized sometimes, you know, there's a danger of being too hip for the room. The word controversial is the number one tool of media bias. It's kind of a, you know. Uh, d- d- you know, half gallon of milk of media bias. It's it's available everywhere in America all the time, so it's not noticed, and it's not even that powerful anymore, but it's used all the time. You label one side's legislation as the measure to blankety-blank, and you label everything Republicans do, if you're in the media, as the controversial law to blankety-blank. And the law is no more controversial than any other law. Well, the term extreme... Some people are in favor, some are not. The term extreme is used a lot. The extreme view on abortion is those who want to keep it the way it is. If you look at the polls. That is absolutely correct. That's the extreme view. Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.